Hey, Liberty listeners, we are excited to partner with The Garment to offer all of you a special discount for their upcoming virtual pop-up. The code for this pop-up is LIBERTY10, L-I-B-E-R-T-Y 10, the number 10. And this code can be used just for you guys to get 10% off any of their eight makers. So between May 20th and May 24th, you'll be able to take 10% off of any of these eight makers that have been identified by the garment. And the best part is all the purchases made during this period of time count toward the hashtag 1000 garment goal, which we are beyond excited to contribute to. So don't forget to head on over to thegarment.ca and check out all the goods. Hello, thanks for stopping by Liberty Sessions, where we unpack one woman's entrepreneurial journey to help another woman launch her own. I'm your host, Netta Jones. Please join me as we start liberating dreams one episode at a time. there, Liberty listeners. Welcome to the second half of Morgan Hamill's interview. And if you haven't listened to the first half, now's your time to press play on the episode before this one, where Morgan gives us her story. This episode is all about her tips, tricks, resources, um, things she did to really catapult the garment, her website, into the um, kind of the stratosphere, not only through social media, but through really being an educator on what a capsule collection, a capsule wardrobe is. You're going to love what she's got to say. She's a smarty pants. All right. Listen up. So let, let, let's go ahead and transition into the the kind of part of the interview where all of our listeners who have various business, various businesses, various business ideas, mm-hmm. perhaps they're still in this ideating um, season where they're not really sure they have some good ideas. They're thinking about how to apply a model to it. They're looking and listening to you as you talk and say, okay, how do I adopt what Morgan just said into my idea? Mm-hmm. Or um, I've been in business for a while and I need to really catch up or take advantage of the vehicle that Morgan's talking mm-hmm. about, which is Instagram. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to really get get you into that yes. mode. Um, I think there are people that in hearing you talk about how you transformed what was important to you in the capsule wardrobe uh, kind of mindset mm-hmm. um and they and they maybe want to transform their own you talked about just starting within your own wardrobe so mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to take advantage of that before we go into the business part mm-hmm. what are what are two or three steps that you can say do this first just within your own wardrobe mm-hmm. without going out and buying anything new sure so um we have a capsule wardrobe program uh which i'll i'll just lay out cuz i think it would be helpful in terms yeah. of like the 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 four things that people can do. Okay. So the first step is around planning. Um, and that's around really getting clear on your style statement um, and 
color scheme and kind of the feel of the overall wardrobe. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we support women in doing through our capsule wardrobe workshop. Um, Right now, we only run those locally. And I would say my vision ultimately is to have something um, that's really interactive online. Um, Not there yet, but hopefully someday. Um, So the first part is around that planning piece. Um, And then the beautiful thing about putting the work in and the planning phase, as with many things in our life, is then um, participants of the Capsule Wardrobe Workshop basically take the work that we've done around planning and go home to their closets and say, okay, does this, you know, striped shirt line up with my style statement? You know, maybe my style statement has something as mine does about, you know, French style. Mm-hmm. So then, yes, the striped shirt stays. This like bohemian anthropology top? Yeah. No, not yeah. so much. So it kind of provides something to orient the process of um, paring down, which is part two, and then parting. So getting actually taking pare down and then not just having those things go to the basement, which to be honest is my my own. That's the part that I struggle with the most is I'll pare down and then I'll struggle to actually part. Many Some people struggle with different parts of the process, but that one's mine. Um, and so plan, pair, part, and then the last phase is purchase. Okay. So that's the mindful purchase piece. And we provide Find the gap. Find the gap okay. and find the brands and find the quality pieces. And that's what we support women, not only in actually connecting them to those pieces, but in learning about what to look for in a quality garment. You know, what's a French seam, for example? Um, and so knowing what to look for, even if they don't end up purchasing um, something from the garment, is something we really want to support women in in learning how to do. I would say just to provide some context to mm-hmm. this Um, group of entrepreneurial-minded listener, Uh, as we think about our own brands and who we are as being synonymous with our brand, because many of us are going out and interfacing with potential clients or sponsors or even our community that we're building, being mindful of how you represent through your own dress Mm -hmm. your brand. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be interesting to even look at one's closet through that lens. Yes. Like, does this represent what I'm, what I'm building, what I'm saying? Um, if, yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that. And that, something I talk quite a bit about is, um, I'm sure you're familiar with Garrett's story yeah. and her work and the idea. I'm she, not, but she I just says, said, yeah, because I don't want to sound it. like I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah. She, um, she wrote a book called Love oh, Style Life. Yes, Grant. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just oh, say it differently. Oh, sorry. you say yes. it like the cool French uh, way. Yeah. I say it the like lame English. No, like, no, no. I actually don't. I know. I, I'm obsessed with her. Go into my office and okay. you'll, you'll be frightened actually. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So she talks, as you may know, in her book around the idea yeah. of um, style being as something not only representing who we are, but who we want to be. And I love that idea. And I actually have like incorporated that quite a bit into my own style. So for example, I have these like faux leather pants that like, are those who I am? Mm, maybe not like you know I'm like home with my kids whatever but like do I kind of want to be the woman who wears like full leather pants and like yeah. rocks them yeah. yeah so then I like wear them and there's something about that pushing of my own boundaries in terms of like who I want to be with fashion that I think sometimes gets lost in the capsule the focus of owning less you know I think I really think there should still be space for that exploration and fun with fashion and that's something that I that's why I I really don't want 
the work that we do to be around constraints. It's more around have fun with this. If you buy the leather pants and, you know, decide that they're not for you, don't like beat yourself up about it. It's fine. Yeah. It's all good. It's liberating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm so enjoying this. Okay. I feel like I need, I can't wait to get into my own closet. So Morgan, I have to ask you, cause this is something I struggle with personally on Instagram. How do you discern how much by percentage or however you want to answer mm-hmm. the question is about you as the founder and telling a personal story as it relates to your community and the work that you're doing and how much is the we, because there is a we around mm-hmm. you. You have a virtual assistant, mm-hmm. you have the community, you have the vendors that you work with, mm-hmm. the partners, you have the influencers. How do you, how do you sort of ride that line of being intimate in a way and being transparent as a human, Mm -hmm. but also being a business person who's telling a bigger story than, than your own. Yes. Yeah. So I would say, um, the use of we to me feels important because it does feel very genuine and that we have built this community of people that it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like it's just me alone. And I think part of, um, what I've really enjoyed doing and I think really resonates with people is sharing my unique experience as a woman building this business. And I've been pretty intentional about sharing the challenging parts of it um, and, and that messy middle part. And whenever I choose to share those pieces, um, I use I because it is like me in this. (laughs) And sometimes, um, you know, it can feel a bit alone in that way. And I feel like sometimes when I use I in those posts, I mean, other women are like, that's me too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, very practically speaking, when Mm -hmm. you use the I, Mm -hmm. do you sign off somehow or put your initial or something that lets us know that the I is you, Morgan, and not somebody who's within your company who's posting as the we? I don't. Um, although I think given the nature of my business and the, the types of photos that I typically post, people know that Assume. it's me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it maybe I'll ask you mm-hmm. one step sure. further. So how would you advise somebody? I'll just ask you mm-hmm. on my behalf what's your advice to somebody like me? And I think there's a lot of us who the brand is independent of our personal name. Um, We are the founder. We are developing the voice of the brand. So we want to own that. But there are times where we want to speak on behalf of the whole company. Right. Should we say, like, if you use the I, if I wanted to say to, hey, all you founders out there, my day sucks too. Right. XO Netta versus we is, independent of that. Right. I think that's a great question. I, I like, I mean, I've seen that on your feed Uh and I actually really like it. I Uh feel like it, I feel connected to you when I see that. And I do really like that. So I think that that's a great way to, um, kind of make that connection with the, with the people who are reading. Okay. It's not confusing. You think? I don't think so. Okay. No. All right. (laughs) I did it right guys. Um, thanks. Uh, that's helpful. Mm -hmm. So we've already, um, discovered that you're from Canada and here we are in Los Angeles, but you have a community that you've built that really can be from all around the world. Mm -hmm. How have you been able to really drive something that is so engaged and so interactive in terms of community um, that's all online? Mm -hmm. That that, While you have some in real life Mm -hmm. opportunities in Canada, 
you've been able to drive this largely through this virtual community. Mm-hmm. What has been, I think your transparency is probably one, but what would you say is sort of the secret sauce that we can learn from mm-hmm. and you would advise us to say, if you're building an online community, do these things? Yeah. So I would say the main thing, and it's actually neat for me to kind of thinking back on this, is I had a couple of um, female mentors who over the years um, coached me around uh, facilitation. So in my in my corporate role, I did quite a lot of facilitation, um, like ethics workshops and that kind of thing and Mm -hmm. standing in front of a room. And and as part of that, one mentor in particular taught me a lot around um, the process and what one does to create permission in a room, to create permission in a room for people to share. And that's what I would do in my ethics workshops and still do when I facilitate my capsule wardrobe workshops. And it's what I do on Instagram. So, you know, one of the things is when someone comes into the room, for example, a physical room, greeting them right as soon as they come in, um, which is something that I try to do online, Um, sharing, being vulnerable and sharing my authentic self, which is something that I do on Instagram as well. Um, If there's something I'm feeling insecure about or I share that and that creates space for others to do that as well. Um, Similarly, and it's kind of funny because I'll watch myself doing it. Similarly, if I ask a question on Instagram and sometimes as many of your listeners know, it can be like terrifying to like, well, you're afraid of crickets or a horrifying question that you can't answer. Exactly. Totally. And particularly in relation to the crickets, um, I have had the experience of right asking a question. So it might be, you know, what's your biggest fear around, um, you know, getting rid of your clothes, for example, Mm -hmm. and post it with a cute picture. And then like, nobody's commenting. And I've actually gone in and put a first comment and said, like, it's okay. I'm here. I know you're there. I'm okay to wait. Basic, which is exactly what I would say if I was standing at the front of the room in that sort of uncomfortable silence. I love this. (laughs) Like, I got this. I'm okay. Whether you it's okay if you don't respond. And I know I am pretty sure that there's someone out there and I'm, I'm good to wait. I love that. That's (laughs) fantastic. And I love the idea of permission in terms of how do we care for the audience that's already there and nurture that audience. I think we are often, and I fall prey to this and I'm guilty of this, but it's like, how do I go and get that next one or that next Mm -hmm. person, Mm -hmm. whatever it is Mm -hmm. in whatever, whether it's on our websites and to our blogs or on our podcasts, Mm -hmm. um, on Instagram, whatever the case is. And I think we need to do a better job. Most of us, you know, myself for sure of nurturing the people that already said, I'm here, I'm here. I showed up for you. Yes. Uh, and and giving them permission, caring for them, hosting them, mm-hmm. if you will, being being that, yes. that facilitator, I think is super important and just finding the time and the commitment. Mm-hmm. But what you talk about really drives that in terms of, um, I mean, you're, you have a model that's connected to that, which mm-hmm. is why I'm sort of so fascinated by it and why I want to get that out for our audience. But it really ties the... It, it tethers that relationship to the growth of the business, mm-hmm. not in a growing numbers way, mm-hmm. but in a growing 
the community yes, way yes. And, and growing the message mm-hmm. and having an impact. Mm-hmm. I love that. And one thing I would share in case it's helpful for your listeners around that is in terms of nurturing the community, many of your people who are in your community already, regardless mm-hmm. if they're formal influencers and actually mostly if they're not, they are your best Absolutely. people. And so one of the things that we've done to sort of try to, to, um, take advantage doesn't seem like the right word, but yeah. to, to, to use that is by um, inviting leverage them, that. leverage yeah, yeah. that <laughs> is to invite members of the community to spread our message um, in the form of, so one example that may be helpful is um, every time we do a virtual pop-up, we have what I call a pop-up postcard, which is sort of a beautiful watercolor um, image of the garments that we feature and part of that pop-up. And so every pop-up I do a contest where we give away a certain dollar amount um, to members. We do a draw and members of the garment community are invited to share that pop-up postcard. And if they do, um, they're entered into a draw to win a certain amount towards um, the pop-up, a pop-up piece. And the number of people who share that and also write the most beautiful, Mm. heartfelt messages about why they're sharing it. Um, I get more new followers as a result of that process than from any posts from brands, like big brands with like, you know, a hundred thousand followers. We're not skeptical of that person. We know that that person is really saying what they're saying because they believe in what you're doing versus there's there's somebody's got some skin in the game. Yes. And I would say, you know, I often get questions about um, engagement and, and how, how we get so many comments when I ask a question, for example. And I think a big part of that is because the quality of the people who are in the community is, you know, they have come, you know, from those posts from stay-at-home moms who are posting the postcard to their other community, really grassroots community, as opposed to um, kind of a different way of of building the community. So so that takes me into this concept of these curated feeds, which people are spending a lot of time making sure whether it's the the content has a certain rhythm to it um, in the copy or it looks a certain way mm-hmm. uh, in the in the images. And while it's beautiful and artistic, um, I think we can get lost in that and forget about the the content, the like rich content yes. piece of it. How do you manage? both of those, because we still want to see pretty things. Mm -hmm. Um, We still want to see, I think, instead of pretty inspire, things that inspire and Mm -hmm. motivate and move us. How do you do that and, and kind of keep that balance with your ethical principle piece? Like, Mm -hmm. how do you do both? Mm -hmm. It's a good question. Um, I would say I try to post when I have something to say. <laughs> so that would be Does the... Does that mean not every day? Um, so actually, I, apparently okay. I have a lot to say <laughs> because I typically post every day, okay. sometimes more than once. Okay. Um, and I do it because I really genuinely feel... Um, like I have something to offer. Um, and sometimes I'll, ha- I'll have an image that I will, that will drive me to, uh, then think of a caption that goes with that image. And sometimes I often I will have an idea of a post many times at like very inconvenient times, like 
<laughs> I don't know, whenever I'm out, you know, with yeah. my kids or doing something that I wear. But I often take the time to just put the note in my phone of basically the caption of my Instagram post. And I find that that's a really, that's typically how I work. I just put the note in my phone and then sometimes I'll, and then I'll find an image to go with it. But it feels like something that, um, that I want to offer. And, um, and in terms of the, the balance of perfection, it's actually interesting. I was connecting with a a woman who is, um, quite a big blogger and who actually taught me, um, at a slow fashion workshop in LA several years ago, um, how to use like Visco, the editing, like I had 300 Instagram followers and she had like 20,000, which is like close to what I have now. And I like thought she was like, it's just neat. (laughs) Um, and, she taught me how to use it. And I was, I actually connected with her before I came to LA and and I, um, and she said her like best photos now are just like taken with her iPhone. She said like, get a, get a tripod. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, those, there's something about the overly curated feeds that I think feels a bit inauthentic. And I know even for myself, like some of, uh, sometimes when I have a photographer take, um, outfit photos, they don't like do as well as when, like my husband takes them, yeah. you know, um, not that he's not great, but just, yeah. <laughs> totally. <Yikes>. Thanks babe. <laughs> yeah, no, I can see that it starts to feel like I'm being sold to versus yes. I'm being let into this yes. world. I can, I can absolutely see that. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have to ask because there are so many opportunities for you, revenue opportunities. There's the digital and the, the, the opportunities that you provide locally in Canada. Mm-hmm. What is it that you use? What platforms, what resources that kind of keep you sane? And mm-hmm. you said you're a mom of a couple, mm-hmm. two, two girls, yeah. um, little girls. Um, what are the things that you use that we can sort of like, okay, if Morgan's using it, I should try. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm a little embarrassed to answer this okay, question. Everybody <laughs> says this. If you say pen and paper, we're just going to yeah. say, okay, <laughs> another entrepreneur who's into pen and paper. Totally. Yeah. I have started, someone taught me about, I don't even really know the proper name for it, like bullet yeah, journaling. Bullet journal, I'm kind yeah. of learning about that, but really <laughs> it's not, it's pretty much like a list with a circle instead of like a dash. We won't, we won't <laughs> my, hold my equivalent. it. Yeah. Um, the one thing I would say that is kind of neat for, I don't use it as much myself anymore, but is, um, an app that's a neat connection to the work that I'm doing is Cladwell app, which is an outfit app. And Cladwell. It, Cladwell. You got okay. it. Cladwell app. It's at Cladwell app on Instagram. I'm All pretty right. sure. And it is an amazing app that's really aligned with um, our what, the work we're doing at The Garment around um, saving people time by helping them in the morning with their outfit choices. Oh, nice. So choosing outfits is something that I don't struggle with a lot. And many women who do my workshops, for example, struggle with a lot. And effectively, what you do with this app is pull in your closet. Um, and then it provides three outfit options, pulls in the weather. Come on. It's like clueless. <laughs> right? Exactly. That's what people say when I tell them about it. It's amazing. Um, so that's a pretty cool thing and something that your listeners might find oh, really fun. Oh, that's cool. We haven't heard that one yeah. before. So that's good. And you said Visco Yeah, Visco. So and that's I think how that's I one that, edit my yeah. photos. Uh, A6 is my favorite okay. filter. Good to know. <laughs> we'll take that tip. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then... Parting entrepreneurial advice. Mm-hmm. What do you want women who are and the few men that listen? Mm-hmm. Um, we actually was I was just going through some analytics the other day, and we actually have like ten percent men. So oh. I need to stop saying just women. But <laughs> what what sort of parting entrepreneurial advice do you want to give to these 
humans that are listening mm-hmm. that um, are either considering launching, starting, or are really in the thick of growing uh, another revenue stream mm-hmm. or just adding, uh, rebranding or whatever, mm-hmm. who are really at some pivotal point yeah. in the entrepreneurial journey. I would say the biggest thing um, that has been helpful for me, the biggest reminder I continue to give myself is that everything happens perfectly. So when things are... What is this nonsense? <laughs> I know, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. When things are not... It, it's yeah. true whether things are happening perfectly or not. Yeah. And when I remind myself of that... Um, I love that. I feel inspired to continue and like not afraid. I love that. I feel like you're, yeah, you're talking to me, girl. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Okay. So this is the fun part mm-hmm. of our interview. And I just have to say thank you so much um, mm-hmm. for just your words of wisdom throughout the entire interview. I cannot wait to listen to it again myself. <laughs> um, but this is just another way for people to get to know Morgan mm-hmm. um, in case they don't feel like they know you already. <laughs> so do you prefer a nine to five or a flex schedule? combo. Yeah. So I work nine to five, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, which oh, is yeah. when I have childcare. Yes. Very and official, then, yeah. uh, the other days flex. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. It's a formal flex all around yeah. and formal <laughs> structure all around. Um, do you prefer vacationing in the mountains or the beach? Good question. Well, I am in LA and it is damn snowy in Calgary. (laughs) So right now the beach. Yeah. As your mood predicts. Okay. Um, And then working from your home or an office? Similarly, both. So I work uh, Tuesday and Thursday at a co-working space in downtown Calgary and from home on Wednesday. Okay. So mixing it up all all along. Um, And then do you like working with a team or alone? Good question. I would say it's interesting. I use we to describe the garment. Mm -hmm. And some people ask me about that and say, do you have a like employee? And I don't. I mean, I have a virtual assistant, which she's awesome and is helping me out. And I still feel like I'm not alone. I feel like the community members, the makers, the influencers, all of those people. I have a couple of different business coaches. I don't feel alone. And I love working with that team. That's cool. That's very cool. Hardest question, Mm -hmm. I always say, (laughs) and you will see it is, in fact, a hard question. Thai or Mexican food? (sighs) Thai. Oh, not even. Okay. (laughs) Spicy or not spicy? Spicy. Oh, I love it. (laughs) And then... Our podcast is called Liberty Sessions. Our brand is called Liberty. Mm -hmm. We've used the word in this um, interview quite a bit. What does it mean for you to be liberated? It means that I'm now doing exactly what it is I want. I'm building a business that is uh, authentic for me and feels like what I'm meant to be doing. I love it. And it's so obvious in interviewing you that that's the case. Mm. Morgan, thanks for being with us. We really appreciate it. Give our regards to Calgary (laughs) when you head back and to the snow. And to you, Liberty listeners, thanks for tuning in. And as always, we'll see you next week. Bye. Liberty Sessions is broadcast on all platforms, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review Liberty Sessions on Apple Podcast. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping you to launch and grow your own ventures. You can also find us every day on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at 
liberty for her. And please leave a comment using the hashtag Liberty Sessions. We want to hear your thoughts, suggestions, and brilliant ideas. Liberty Sessions is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Windham and music by Jordan Flower. 